0: Thanks so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetic real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in that glorious glass fishbowl. I'm Amanda Goodman.
1: And I'm Tara Thomas. We are happy to continue to socially distance from our homes to bring you this podcast courtesy of the engineering masterful work out of Pixel Labs in Cedar Falls and our good friend Zach, who has provided us with state-of-the-art microphone so that we can sound more clear as we come through your to your ear. And we appreciate you listening. As always, every Monday morning, a new Faith and Four Letter Words podcast episode drops, as we like to say. And it's just been a pleasure to really go much deeper than I think back in January we anticipated these conversations would go, not just because the world has changed so dramatically, but also because I think we just have a lot To say, and maybe we do have a little more depth than we give ourselves credit for when we were reading a teleprompter.
0: (laughs) No, or we can say we have a little, a lot more depth than other people give us credit for. They were really, they really are worth more than those blonde hair, you know, extensions with with extensions (laughs) and eyelashes and fake tans. And so it's interesting, you know, it's funny. Um, The world has been so heavy lately, but I can tell you there's one thing that has not changed, Tara. And that is the glass fishbowl life and how people will continue to love to run their mouth and, um, make up things. And I'd like to share a story with you.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't couple, wait.
0: Oh, a couple weeks ago. Sorry if that, I'm banging the mic. I'm trying to fix it here. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were social distancing in our, you know, in our neighborhood, whatever have you. And, um, I live in a community where people have golf carts to drive through the rural areas, all this other fun stuff. Um, so my neighbor has a, got this golf cart and has this lift kit and these big tires and this thing hustles. Okay. It moves. So we were taking a couple laps around the neighborhood. (sighs) We did not partake in any beverages. We were drinking water. So let me state that. So long story short, we go and we try to take a turn too quickly. I'm the passenger in the, in the vehicle. We turned too quickly and because of the, like the, I think the the speed and like the big tires, well, we tipped over and it landed on my foot. And so I had, yeah, it, it hurt. It stung, but I was kind of laughing about it. I have like skin knees, like I'm nine again. And, and my poor friend was like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Let's go. Like everything's fine. Long story short, apparently Amanda Goodman was drunk flipped her golf cart five times <laughs> with all of her children inside. If well. I did that, we'd all be dead. But that's what happened. Like it gets back. Like that's how the telephone game went. I was so livid. I remember I remember I was texting you about it. I'm like, this is asinine and I'm so tired about it. But I felt bad for my friend, right? Because she has never, you know, been experienced that I'm sure. But here's what's funny, not one person even mentioned her. Like it was and I told her and I said, "Well, they're not talking about you, they're talking about me." I mean, if I of was course. and I'm not this don't take this to be egotistical, but if had I not been in that golf cart, nobody would have been talking about it. And it wasn't like Amanda with my married name, it was Amanda Goodman in the golf cart. And it's like so people just continue they want to see me get in trouble or fall. Of course. Of
1: course. We, we know this and we see it play out with celebrities all the time. Our society and, and human nature loves to build people up and then tear them down. And then in some cases people can redeem themselves if they're Hugh Grant and they go on a late night talk show and apologize for soliciting a prostitute, you know, he gets a pass. Here. But for women, it's a whole different ballgame because the chances are you're not going to get, you know, multiple strikes. You're, you're probably right. going to get one strike and then people won't go to the source if they can spread what sounds more enticing, which is a falsehood. I, one of, when we talk about, and I love that you both, we both rather have that, that policy and have always had that practice where We are not going to police other people's comments, even if they're critical or, or, you know, our detractors are part of what you sign up for when you're in the public eye. So we both with your blogging, my previous blogging, and then ultimately social media, we're very open about if someone says something negative or critical, not only do we not take it down, but we'll have a respectful sometimes, you know, if they choose to dialogue and we'll also leave up the comments. So, I mean, on my personal Facebook page, for example, I'm friends with people many of whom I I had acquaintances, if you will, from the previous job that I don't know well or or I'm not close with. And sometimes they will be negative or critical on my personal Facebook page, and that's fine. I don't take it down. In fact, I'll usually leave it up and then I'll respond to them in in a hopefully respectful manner. But what I'll never forget is there was one comment on my blog post that I did take down because not only was it a complete and total lie, But it was so ridiculous that I just didn't even think it was worth having other people put eyes on. And it was somebody who posted that they were disgusted with me because I walked into Sam's Club in Waterloo and there was a table out front where they were raising money. And I believe it's for like disabled veterans. And I think you can get a poppy as the symbol of the cause. And that I walked up and when I was asked if I wanted to donate that I just Made this, you know, noise of disgust and just like stormed away. Like I and, and I, the reason that I laughed about that is because are people that stupid to think you and I being in the public eye, even if I had, which I don't, disdain for nonprofits or charities or attempts to solicit in front of Sam's. How, how much of an idiot would I be? If I did something like that, knowing, as you described, that I was living in a fishbowl, so not only are all eyes on me, but how? why would I take the risk to blow 15 to 20 years of sacrifice, toil, et cetera, to get to an opportunity to do a a job that I love? Why would I blow that? Because I wanted to be a jerk in front of Sam's Club. I mean, it makes no sense. And so when people say that, they're not thinking through the logic of, don't you think we've had to be strategic in everything we've done, right down to what we wear to Walmart, from the time that we graduated college, because we had jobs where we were constantly being scrutinized
0: all of the time. I can't tell you how much money. Now, I I tried. I love to support, you know, every little uh, person who's selling something at a table outside of Sam's or Walmart or anything else. But I don't have unlimited funds. You know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> but I. But I have to, I have to, I have to like open my wallet every single time. Cause if I don't, people are going to talk shit or they're going to make up something. So I have to go over the top. So it was very funny to me when I'm sitting in my driveway and the police chief like rolls up to talk to me, Hey, you know, we're getting some. Is, is it about, about your you. golf cart incident? It's about the golf <laughs> cart incident. And I'm staring at him and I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, he was like, yeah, just, you have to, you know, you can't drink when you're on a golf cart. I'm like, I know. And are you aware I wasn't even kidding. driving? Like it was, and I'm like the type, I don't know. Wait, full gonna, disclosure,
1: you're friends with the police chief.
0: Yeah, I, I am friends with the police chief, you know? And it was just <laughs> like, but I'm looking at him, and, but he brought another officer because they came on like legitimate business. And he was like really wow. stern with me. He was really stern. And so I'm from Philly. I'm not going to rap. So he's like, well, who was driving? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't remember. I hit my head during the accident. But it was just, it's like. But you're also
1: white. So you probably didn't have any, you know, reservations about being honest.
0: (laughs) No, right. And it's just, it's just, it, it never, ever ends. And it's exhausting to always be on. Like, here's a newsflash, y'all. Like, I am not Julie Andrews. I'm not around singing. I'm not making my kids clothes, hanging from the curtains, like skipping through town, smiling all the time, always on my best behavior. I am an absolutely flawed human, okay? Like, it is completely. So I don't know what standard you want me to be, but I can't, I can't keep up. Like, And first of all, stop pointing your finger at me. Come on. I mean anybody who's pointing their finger they're the ones who have the dirtiest hands. We all well, know that.
1: Well and we we have to be honest that we were fortunate that at least for half of my career social media and smartphones as we navigate them today did not exist. There was no smartphone or you know portable ability to capture something. I mean when I went out with my now husband and we would go out all the time where we lived in Yakima, Washington to what many would probably say are, you know, seedy clubs, dance clubs where, you know, the, the gangster music was full blast and the lights were dark. And it was like, that was our, our release. I mean, we loved that because he's so fun in that way that as we've talked about, you know, we're fortunate we married men who have rhythm. And so <laughs> it was so fun to go into these places. And I think now, I mean, I had a, a flat very toned stomach, and yes, the style was and and has now come full circle. The half shirt, and so I would have these
0: the low rise stomach, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: these these stomach bearing outfits on and and high heels. And you think about that today, and there is no way that you could wear that and get away with that because all it would take is you know one click of an iPhone, and then that would have been as you described perpetuated as some. Outlandish story that was probably oh. fabricated. But back then, I mean, it was like, you better get your Polaroid out, your disposable camera. You got to run disposable. to the film store the following Monday and get it developed. You know, no, and then weeks. and then yeah, and then you can <laughs> mail it to the station and complain to the management. But the only person who's going to see it is the general manager because you can't share that photo with anybody because no one else would see it. I mean, it's so crazy. I know.
0: See, I miss the I I miss snail mail like the sna- like the hate mail because those people were committed to not liking you. Like so, when I would get hate mail, it'd be like, well, they took the time to write the letter and then they had to spend money on you because they had to put a stamp on it. So I'm thinking, you know, okay. I respect you because you are committed to not liking me like this is like
1: you are so right. I and now that you say that I have to find I went through all my papers during quarantine and and laughed and and also was disgusted at some of what I, you know, let get to me as we've talked about with memos from managers and you know, do this, do that. And, and me sending multiple emails, begging, 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 please don't make me flatter in my hair. My hair is naturally wavy. I mean, crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. And there were all of these. Now, you know, you all, if you're of a certain age can picture this back in the day, you know, when secretarial staff and receptionists, they had that bright pink little memo pad where you would make a notation of each call. And oh, I would God. get that bright little pink Slip in my mailbox at work, and when I would go and pull out that pink slip, and she had beautiful cursive penmanship, this receptionist, and she would just write in such a very clean and flowery way. Your hair looks terrible. Get a new hairstylist! Exclamation (laughs) point! And then it would say Tuesday, you know, June twenty eighth, four p.m. I I mean, and it was so nuts, and like I laugh, but then you're right. That was easier to take, and I actually respected it because they took the time to look up in the yellow pages the station phone number and actually speak to a live person. And then she had to dictate
0: the yes. slam;
1: she had to write it out. She had to write I mean, it. They up were for you. cutting me up, yeah, cutting me down. And there is something that I almost embrace about that because of the w- because of the way that it was a private criticism. You know, good, right. bad, or ugly feedback, or constructive or not. You and I could take that one-on-one engagement. Now people are doing it because they want the attention of "Look at me! I bashed Amanda Goodman." You know, I, I was can able knock to her off her high
0: horse, yeah, right. Like, like that's what horse. they
1: want. So, so it's crazy how what are we doing? Is it because we truly, genuinely want to give somebody feedback, which is silly when it's no. hair and makeup, or is it that we are just waiting to get you know our fifteen minutes of fame? And in doing so, we have to put other people down. And I mean, that is what is sick about social media. It's the, we, you're made almost a a hero if you tear down celebrities Uh or other people that, as you've quoted with Brene Brown, that are actually out there in the arena taking it. it.
0: Exactly. And I always tell people this don't come for me unless I send for you.
1: Which, Which means, I love this line. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? It is my favorite line because this. I don't know
1: how I had never heard that until I met you. That must be an East Coast thing. It's
0: a very East Coast thing. the other East Coast thing is this you know, check my bloodline
1: because
0: it's, <laughs> I'm coming for you. Like, you better know what you're, because I, it's like, who are you? Like, it is, if you come after somebody and are so disrespectful to them, it's like that quote that we see circling on it says social media has made some of y'all way too comfortable with being disrespectful without getting popped in the mouth and oh, it's the totally. Truth. And in like, you know, when we were in news, we couldn't like, are you back? Cause it was going to affect ratings, you know, or you couldn't really, cause you didn't know what you were dealing with on the other side, like these people who were crazy, but that was the thing. You had to sit there and take it and mm-hmm. take the abuse. And so when people would call like people calling about your hair or my hair or my weight or whatever, you know, I would have to have conversations with managers were they would talk yeah, Exactly. About changing my hair because <laughs> Bendy well, at home didn't like you. my hairstyle. You know? <laughs> exactly.
1: They weren't defending us. They were actually no. taking the side yes. of I, and this is really out there, but I truly, just to make myself feel better, I would just picture somebody like at a casino with an oxygen tank, you know? Right. Like yeah. that okay. is, and no offense to those of you who have family members out gambling that have to, you know, for health reasons, get air pumped into them. But the reason I make that joke is to say that sometimes people who have their own personal challenges going on love to tear somebody down who, as Amanda described, is projecting oneself as, oh, I've got it all together we are just as broken and we have just as much you know chaotic drama in our personal lives as the next person so that was just part of the you know clean and shiny anchor that they had to put on the evening news because that's the nature of trying to be a professional broadcaster so it was it it was by default that people were wanting to you know knock perfect polly off of her pedestal and the other thing that is crazy when you think about it let's contrast what happened to us to our other professional work environments. Okay. Me working in a school district. Can you imagine if someone posted on the Waterloo School's Facebook page, Tara is really fat. She needs to lose weight. That would be like my superintendent calling me in and saying, Tara, you do look like you've packed on some pounds. I mean, imagine how ridiculous that sounds. When you insert and inject that mentality into another work environment. So people, when they say, that's outrageous, I can't believe you endured that, that doesn't make sense. You can't even conceptualize that that kind of an industry that's so looks driven. And I ha- I cannot let this podcast go without saying, I never thought that I would say this. I am absolutely enjoying every page of the Jessica Simpson open book autobiography. And I was the person who, when I came to a Jessica Simpson shirt on the rack, just kept moving because I was really not interested in supporting her or a lot of these other celebrities with these clothing lines. But I can tell you that so much of what she shares in those pages, not only will you relate to it, but it's really, it will resonate with any woman coming up, you know, during the age of the 90s and 2000s where so many things were sexualized especially with young girls and it is just fascinating. Really? What I'll she went through. Oh my gosh, so I have to give you a copy and I borrowed a copy from my friend and I actually this is funny and I don't know when my dad is going to hear this podcast cuz my parents listen but I actually my dad loves Jessica Simpson. He's always thought, you know, she was a a great uh, like just of the celebrities out there, he always thought she was a nice girl and she does come off and does in the book gets into her faith. And she seems very sincere about that. And you'll love it. Cause she talks about Tony Romo and the, and you know, the cow, your connection to the Cowboys. But what is funny is I bought my dad a copy of it for father's day. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's like, I can't stand that Nick Lachey. And I'm thinking, wait till you read the book. Then you really won't be able to stand Nick Lachey. <laughs> So, yeah. So, I mean, isn't well, it crazy to, though? Because I judge Jessica yeah. Simpson the same well, way people judge us. I thought, well, please, I, lady.
0: I'm going to, I have a confession to make. Like, I, when I watch, like, I'll sit there and I watch the news, you know, and I'll sometimes, and sometimes I find myself saying things. Well, are they going <sighs> to talk to her the way they talk to me? Are they going to have the conversation with her or like, you know, well. Right. Be-
1: you want other women to have to take the wrath, too, which is sad because we should always want to build those people up. But I want to you- build
0: people up. However, <laughs> you know, it's still very raw in me when I got out of my vehicle to go into the station. I just got my hair done and my news director at the time is standing there and shaking his head. No, because God forbid my hair was one shade darker blonde.
1: Oh my gosh, you're and kidding. And he was like,
0: he wouldn't let me back on the air. He would not let me on TV. <sighs> so he, then he, had, he called the salon and he's telling the salon, that's not her hair, that's mine. Because they said, well, Amanda wanted to go a little darker because my hair was like b- bleach. So it was like white. <laughs> and so when, when it was coming in, like I'm Italian, so I have dark hair. <laughs> my hair is black, you know? So it was coming in so harsh, you know? And so I'm like, let's just make it more natural, like a softer blonde. And they were like, absolutely great. No, but he told them. So anytime. So this is the point. <laughs> he made my hair appointments. He scheduled them. If I had to reschedule, wow. he, I had to go through them if I wanted any change. So when I left the news business, there's a reason I took my hair extensions out. I cut it shorter. I did this color. I did this color. I put my hair extensions back in like because it was like, damn, I finally own my own hair. Like this <laughs> exactly. is like insanity. It was the
1: same way. I I grew mine so long and then it got to the point where I started wondering, am I starting to look like those older women, you know, who have that long hair and then and then it be, you know, I'm like a caricature of myself. Like now I'm right. an old old lady with long hair and maxi dresses because I'm trying to hide, you know, what I'm normally covering up with Spanx. So I just, I just finally in the last couple, well, probably the last year, did go back to a little bit shorter because I had been wearing it for so long for that exact same reason because I was never able to do what I wanted and style it how I wanted to. And it's crazy because year after year of that, it beats you down mentally. And then you get to a place where you're like, I don't even know how I want to wear my hair and makeup or clothes. how do clothes look on me? Because I, I've lost myself in other people's judgments. It's really weird. And that's what happened to Jessica Simpson. So that's why you will love the book because she talks Not about how of. she thought she was looking great the night that she was ridiculed for the mom jeans and how everyone said she was fat and she was a size four.
0: Yes. Oh, you mean- I like, mean, it when, blew
1: my when, mind.
0: Yeah. When we were- like when I was called fat and I was like wearing a feeling. size
1: eight, a size yeah. eight, which yeah, is like crazy. My, single my digits. Sh- I mean, single digits. I'm rarely going to be in a single digit.
0: Well, that's the thing. I know I'm never going to be in a si- single digit. Like I don't even know. Like the only thing in a si- single digit is my shoe size. Like, well, so, my so, I'm
1: only going to be in single digits, upper body, because I. I have no chest like you
0: <laughs> well, I wish I had i'm no so chest. small like,
1: chested small it's, breasted
0: it's, i I'm just you know it's kind of like there's so much peace in my life, like for instance, like my husband makes a mean batch of guacamole, right, and when I was in the news, I would have to eat it with celery because i didn't oh my the, gosh. god forbid eat eat a carb, and no it come on who come on, give me that bag of lime flavored. Tortilla chips. I may crush the whole thing now, but it's if people thought that I was big when I was a size seven, I am like Job of the Hut now. When I go out and especially post quarantine, people are going to be like, "Well, so, you let yourself go," which is
1: sick that people would think that. But this is what is so funny. It is so one other commonality that I love. It's so fun to have somebody like you that had the jobs that we did where we were on television, where you can totally relate to. What I went through, which is I was always wanting to eat. I was like knocking people down to get to the interview <laughs> set after the new news when the dietitian from Hy-Vee would come in and would leave all these like snacks or when a chef would come in and do a little cooking segment. I mean, Chris Carter and I like minded. We were like ready to fight with people if they like took a share of whatever the chef left behind. I mean, I was t- I was before texting. I would like call the newsroom to make sure that like no one had gotten into this Thanksgiving dinner that they left for us in the kitchen because we had to you know eat our Thanksgiving meal like at work because we had to work on the holiday. And I was like, you better you better tell me that those production people didn't get into the mashed potatoes. I mean, I was like <laughs> so, psycho. And so I mean, and then I had like, a reputation I for being have like
0: right now because that is so <laughs> true because we would fight.
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, I had the worst reputation for being such a mooch and I didn't even care. And like, if I would come in on the morning show and they had pizza the night before and people had thrown away the pizza, I was furious. I was like, are you kidding me? I always (laughs) eat the pizza the next morning. I don't care if it's sitting out overnight. Aren't you worried about getting sick? No, because my food compulsions overtake any fear of getting sick from food sitting out all night with dried pepperoni and sausage. I don't care. I mean, (laughs) I even took a one time we had a wedding cake interview oh, okay. on the new news and there was leftover cake and it was sitting all day and all night in the newsroom. And The next morning when I came in and I discovered the news director had thrown away said leftover wedding cake, I went straight to the garbage can and was able to salvage a piece, a piece that did not touch the edges of the garbage can. I was <laughs> like, there's no way that you're going to throw away this good cake. <laughs> Oh my so, so, my point of sharing all of this is because we both relate to food being an addiction, a priority, and what we have to, you know, do to yeah. live. It is imagine that mentality that we have, and then insert it into this lens of like you're not just supposed to be thin; you're so, supposed to be like Vanna White thin because it adds weight. And that's yeah. another podcast oh, I yeah. was on. Wheel of Fortune in college, and she. Looked sick in person because that's how thin the lady was. I mean, I could have like grabbed her by the ankle and swung her over my head. That's how thin she was, and and so <laughs> this is what I <laughs> yeah. So this is what this is the note that we can end on is when you are in that kind of scrutiny or under that level of the scrutiny, it is so hard then, as you described, to watch other women, you know, be in similar positions and not sometimes selfishly say, well. <laughs> I hope they're not giving them a pass because I sure didn't get one. Right? That's human. That's human. It is human.
0: It is human because it's, you know, see where as we, when there would be like on election night or a big night, like a severe weather and they'd call in a pizza or they started getting (laughs) lasagna. You know what they would say to me? Hey, Amanda, we ordered you a salad. And I don't know whether it's because they thought that I always eat a salad or I needed the salad. So there's that. So That you know is I mean?
1: sick. That's like you want to like throw the salad in their face as you're diving into a, like a stuffed crust slice.
0: Oh, I mean, I, I wanted to shove their face in the lasagna. I mean, like, and just, you know, just take that. But it was just, I was overly, I would never eat in front of, like I would eat in front of my crew and it was like the crew of producers and reporters. But I would only go on these binges when I was pregnant because that was like, the, they, they saw like a whole new me. And it was like, you know, Newton's in Waterloo. It's like one of my favorite places, and they have this chicken pesto wrap. I ate it like every night when I was pregnant with Luciana. Like every single that's night. amazing with that some is sweet amazing. potato salad, and like so oh. no one was saying anything to me. Like, but that's what that's where it's that it's that shift, and it's this is why. Had I, and I know we don't have too much time, but had I played the game better, and had I you know kissed the ring of you know those those in charge and done all that, I don't think anybody would have said anything to me because I know for a fact people who are in the industry now who are females are not held to the same standards that you and I were, but they play the game. They kiss the ring. They back the eyes, you know, so I'm going to call that out right now. So that's why. And that's, I think that's what I'm most pissed off about. It's like, yo sis, we didn't leave this industry for you to take us back 20 years. No, we left it in a good place. For you, and, and you're turning back into the puppet so
1: and and that's what's hard but then giving them the grace that there were times especially with me where I would let that happen and in hindsight you know I, having that reflection I should have said or handled it differently in some ways to really stand up for myself and I didn't and so that's the one thing that hopefully women can be empowered that you you can have a voice and you don't have to just take it Under most, if not all circumstances, the final thought of humor that I will inject when those election nights would happen from the time I walked in the station for those evening, you know, for that evening coverage, I was not, I was just as excited about that pizza being delivered as I was (laughs) seeing the first returns. And I was so bad that I remember many times, Amanda, I would throw my mic off during weather or during a commercial before the end of the five o'clock newscast to sprint to the newsroom to see if the pizza had arrived. And one time I thought that I could smell it. I could smell it coming from the newsroom. And I was like, is the pizza here? Is the pizza here? And they were just like, oh my God, hide the pizza because Tara's going to come in there. And I was like all about like putting aside like a whole box just to make sure that it wasn't like, you know, attacked by the crew before I could make it off the desk to get into but, the newsroom. I mean, that's how sick and sad and fun that whole experience fun. was. But
0: there you go. Then that's what we can end on it. Like, election nights, Tara was excited for the pizza and no one judged her. And for me, I was told I look like a hippo. So I'm yelling, eat a D across the newsroom. So <laughs> is, is there anyone who pepperoni? Or other words. Yeah, as I'm shoving my stuff crest in my mouth. <laughs> oh,
1: Have a great God, week. Good. Thanks for listening.